presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Week edition, Will Brinson, Nick Costa, Jason Lockenford, Pete Frisco on assignment. The man who's never missed a podcast in his life. The streak is over. Where's the outrage on Twitter like when Eli got benched? I, I expect a similar backlash to this. Don't you think? We didn't handle it well at all. Well, you know, he, message. Here's, Where was our PR guy to let people know a week ahead of time that Prisco's, the end of Prisco's reign on this podcast was coming? He was going to miss a taping. Quite I con- feel we dropped the ball. Quite conveniently, um, while we're losing an Iron Man in Pete Prisco, we're going to gain an Iron Man nice. in Red Favre. Because oh, yeah. Red Favre, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, former Packers and Vikings and Jets quarterback. Uh, mostly remembered for the Packers. We'll talk to him about some stuff um, related to the NFL. A lot of news in Green Bay. Of course, Minnesota playing the Saints for 2009 um, NFC Championship game with the Vikings. Very close in the, in the Bounty Gate year. But uh, there's lots of other stuff to chat about, guys. How you oh, wait, can I, can I, can real I quick, you with, real quick. I got something on Pete for you guys, too. Pete texted me last ask? night. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Pete texted me last night. I am officially beat. And then this morning, I am spent and getting sick. So for all the crap that Pete gives everybody else, Pete is now officially saying that he is spent and getting sick. Waving the white flag. Here's the problem with Pete getting sick. And the beauty is we can say whatever we want about Pete because he won't listen to this podcast. Um, Pete Pete doesn't know how to to use a phone, so yeah. That's right. Pete, Pete, here's here's what happens when Pete gets sick. Pete gets sick because he is soft and old and a giant tan. Pete acts like he gets sick because he works too hard. Right. right? It's like, dude, like you're asleep at 10 o'clock every night. What do you, what do you he, he, hasn't, he hasn't written an article for the website in like three years. I don't, I don't understand yeah. what he even does for a living. And even like his power yeah. things are like 400 words. Like I wrote 400 words filling in for Ryan Wilson this morning. Um, I wrote about. Ooh, humble brag. Humble brag. Look at you. You're such a team player, Will. So Wilson tore his ACL. No. Yeah, he's yeah. You know, he was at he was doing PT, so I filled in for him from um, around yeah, nine. Years. When did he do that? Uh, he was he was playing soccer, old man soccer, oh. old man soccer. Yeah, he. Oh, that don't, yeah, that's a guarantee. And he, so he goes in. I was telling him about how. Uh, so you know, like when Philip Rivers tore his ACL, this is this is the fastest ACL recovery that I've ever heard of. Rivers was back at practice in a hundred days. Um, and Rivers the, played on a torn ACL in the AFC Championship game. Right. After, after he played, after he played on that, he he was back at practice in 100 days. Wilson goes in and like told, tells his doctor, he's like, "Yeah, my buddy said that uh, Philip Rivers is back in 100 days." He's like, "Yeah, you're not Philip Rivers, pal." I mean, he's got nine months of um, intensive ACL. That uh, sucks. Recovery coming up, right? Oh, yeah, it's brutal. So uh, thoughts? Yeah, that's heinous. Thoughts out thoughts, the and, Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yes, Real quick, make ask Brett Favre if Ed Werder just shows up at his farm unannounced sometimes. <laughs> hey, how about Pedro Gomez outside Barry Bonds' house still in 2018? How about um, how about Brad Childress retiring? Right, I'm going to have to ask him about that. Brad Childress walking away from the Chiefs the same day that Matt Nagy accepts the job with with the um, 
with the bears. I, th- I think it's I think it's fascinating to think about stuff like the Childress Favre saga happening in the year 20. Wait, wait, may, may I on that? Because I, I think that that game provides, and I mean this seriously, and I've said this a million times, that's the most underrated playoff game of all time, the Vikings-Saints-NFC Championship game. I, I, sure. I, I, th- I think it is underrated because no one ever no one ever talks about that game as one of the best games of all time, right. and it's probably a top-five NFL game of my lifetime. And the Vikings called timeout at the end of the game, and then Brad Childers and Daryl Bevel sent 12 men onto the field the penalty that yeah. preceded the Brett Favre pick to Tracy Porter. Because let's be honest, the Vikings should have won that game. I th- I, I, off the top of my head, I could be wrong. I think the Vikings turned it over either four or four or five times in that game. Well, that's what that Saints defense did to everybody, though. I mean, that's what that Saints defense did week in, week out. They weren't good but, to turn the ball. But, but Anthony that, Hargrove. But, but Adrian, Peters, Adrian Peterson put the ball on the ground like three times in that game. If the Vikings win that game, which, by the way, they absolutely should have won because they outplayed New Orleans – the Vikings with Brett Favre and Brad Childress would have steamrolled the Colts in the Super Bowl, and we would be talking about Favre, two Super Bowls with two different teams, and Brad Childress would be a Super Bowl-winning head coach. What a world that would be. Um, if my aunt had blank, she'd be my uncle. I mean, Minnesota was up. Minnesota was up. The game was tied 28-28 with a buck 14 left, and Minnesota had a um, – 64, no, 74% win, percent, win probability. No, yeah, I know. They, they called timeout. They sent 12 men onto the field. They got a penalty off a timeout and then farmed through the pick to Tracy Porter. Yep. And you won't believe it, but the, uh, the win probability spiked in New Orleans' favor when that happened. But Tracy Porter, two huge picks in, uh, and, and I think the fact that, the fact that that Super Bowl was so incredible, because that wasn't, incredible, you know, like the Saints win. That was, yeah. That and of, that was like at a time when there hadn't been a lot. I feel like that was like one of the that was like the Super Bowl that sprung us back into having no, like what are you, what are you expecting about? really good Super Bowls. What was Dude, the one year before that? The, the one the one year before that was Steelers Cardinals with the Antonio Holmes play at okay. the end of the game. Right. And, the one, so, okay, and, the, and the one before that was Giants. Was that the New England before that? Okay. Yeah. It's been a bunch, we had a good run of good Super Bowls. And how, national title games. How about how about the fact that if you're a an Atlanta area slash Georgia sports fan. Can't watch sports ever again. In the last no. 12 months, so in February 2017, you watched your Atlanta Falcons in the third quarter with a 28 to three lead, lose to the greatest coach in NFL history, and never trail for a single second during the game. And then you followed up in January of 2018, and you watch your Georgia Bulldogs up 20 to three, right, and lose 20 to seven. 20 to seven. And lose, I think it was 23, but I could be wrong. 20, 20 said no, because Tagovailoa scored to make it 13-7, and then Fromm went over the top to Hardman on the next possession to go up 27. Sorry, all right, so 20-7, to 7, and you lose to the greatest coach in college football history without ever trailing for a single second. Of the game. I, I, as bad as it gets. But never trailed in the game. How, and how about Georgia loses after the sack on, after they sack Tagovailoa on first down in overtime, and it's second and 25. And then he hits Ridley for the walk-off, uh, Smith for the walk-off touchdown. It's as bad as it gets. Now, I will add that, um, thank you very much to the Georgia Bulldogs for covering my numerous bets. Will Brinson, of course, lost because he had the under like a fool. So I am, uh, dancing on a pile what of What was the line? What, what was the line on that game? Well, Vegas won huge because they had most of the money was on Alabama and Bama was minus three and a half at, when it closed and Bama won by three because there's no kick. Oh my God. Extra point in, in, in overtime. Thank you, God. Can you believe this stuff? You can't uh, make this stuff up. 
But and then yeah, right, it's insane. And then so like so and then most of the money line bets in Vegas were on Georgia. Most of the tickets and most of the money was on the under and the overtime pushed it over. And it looked like when when I was in I mean like honestly I was in a pretty good spot because I had I had parlayed um the Jaguars with Alabama because Bama could beat the Jaguars. That's uh, a good bet. Yeah, I parlayed the money lines with those two teams. And so as long so once it went to overtime would you win like what? Would you win like eleven bucks on your ten dollar parlay? Yeah, something like that. And I had the under in the first half of the game, so I mean, I ended up, I ended up, I made a profit on the on the game as a whole. It could have been a lot better, but I was in a pretty good spot going into overtime. You know, like obviously overtime was probably going to ruin the over, but a Bama field goal in overtime, like when Georgia lined up to kick the fifty-one yard field goal, I, I was feeling pretty good because they sacked. Dude, after after the sack, you should have been feeling good. Yeah, I was like, dude, if he misses this, you Bama- win. You get twenty-three twenty Georgia, you win. Well, you would have lost your Alabama bet, but yeah. No, 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 but if he misses the field goal, the long field goal. After the, ship, yeah. Yeah, 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 the, the, the spectacled kicker. Um, Jason, any, any, uh, any thoughts as to the idea that Nick Saban purposely hid Tua Taga, how do you pronounce his last name? Taga, Taga, uh, yeah. Any, do you think Just he, like Tua. do you think he did it on purpose and like hit well, him? Well, well, this is, this is, this hit game, him all this year is, for this game? Yeah, this is too good for the podcast. You need to tweet this, Will, or write a column about it. That he hit him all game? This, uh, this, that is no, maybe the greatest. Him all season? This is the greatest Brinson hot take of all time, that Nick Saban hit to attack by low until halftime of the national championship game. Did you see Chris Brown's tweet? He said somebody. <laughs> Who cares what Chris Brown, the, the singer? No, 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 no. Uh, like uh, Chris Brown, smart football. Well, what did Chris Brown say? I don't know who that is. Oh, he's, I mean, he's, he said he's – um. He said, and this was, this was, he said this at 1040. So it was like well before Tua was carving everybody up. You know, some people, the like people were like, what is Saban doing? He's pinching hurts. For Dude, I, tw- I tweeted it before halftime. I, I, we're going to see Tua in this. It was pretty obvious that Tua was going to come in. Yeah. He said, someone I talked to this week told me the scuttlebutt was Bama spent a bunch of time repping Tua with the first team. Smart guy that I am. I thought no way Bama goes from hurts unless things are really dire. Well, dot, 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 dot. And they did. I mean, it, it worked out. I'm not saying. There were rumors well, that Tua was going to play. it was really dire. I mean, it's not like. Were there rumors Tua was going to play the whole time? Not the whole game, but there were rumors that Tua was going to get some playing time against Clemson. Absolutely. Oh. oh, okay. All right. Well, I didn't. I mean, look, man, I'm not following that. I'll watch the games. I'm not following the rumors about Tua. Uh, okay, let's talk some NFL. Matt. And... Real quick on, on Chile. Go back and look at him the first four years in Minnesota. Like I know it was like a de- like a debacle on a lot of levels, and people like thought he was Mr. Magoo. But they went from like, I think like the only team in NFL history to go from four or six to eight to ten to twelve wins in successive seasons. Wow, they did do that, and they went from no playoffs, no playoffs, one game you lose, two games you go one and one, and you're one game from. If he didn't look so goofy, he, I mean, like. It's stupid, and this is actually a good segue for the Matt Nagy stuff. But like sometimes appearances matter, right? Like when you're yeah. coaching. Oh, stop it! No, if they if they beat the what Saints and they win the Super Bowl, who cares about appearances? No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying that how guys get hired. How guys get talking hired. about? <clears throat> like, like oh, how they look at all kinds of superficial baloney. Wait, wait, yeah. Jason, you got you got emphysema or something, bro? Like that sounds like a pretty miserable. <laughs> It's been out locks for for. for I appreciate your your concern though. Yeah. Um. So Matt Nagy is it Nagy or Nagy? Nagy. Nagy. Matt Nagy. I don't know. I I hear Nagy, but it's Nagy. It's Nagy. Yeah. God help us all in the new 
Packers GM. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you say that because I saw it written out and I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm going to say something awful on the air trying to pronounce this guy's name. Yeah, is it was it Gutkunst? <laughs> Gutkunst? <laughs> like, what is it? I'll get Jason to pronounce Gute- it. Gutkunst. Gutekunst? I don't know. I'm scared. You know it would have been easy. You know what would have been easier? Elliot Wolf. I call him <laughs> Brian. I call him Brian. I would have taken Russ Ball, which provides problems of its own. Wait, wait. So Gutekunst and Russ Ball are running the Packers? <laughs> I would rather get Kunst and Ball. Dude, yeah. just put it all on Mark Murphy because he's got more control than ever. Anyway, that's what this is really all about. If we're going to, this is this is now Mark Murphy, even more the de facto owner of the Green Bay Packers. So does he have? personnel say or is he just all, all three of these people report to him like go look at like paragraph 13 of their press release uh in in related news we've restructured our entire organization and now the cap guy the coach and the gm all report to individually to mark murphy is that Whoa. good or bad so bad uh, i don't i mean it, like, if, if you're russ ball and you're one of the money guys in that building it's good because it doesn't matter that he didn't get the gm title he and mark murphy can decide budgets and decide who they give the money to, and he who controls the money, a wise man once told me a long time, controls the team. So the GM title doesn't mean much if you want to go do something in free agency and they don't give you the money to go above a certain point where they know you're not going to get the free agent anyway. Um, I, I would say it's the rise of the money men in, in, in Green Bay, and I don't think that that portends super well for Mike McCarthy. Honestly, if I was, if I was running the Ravens and the Packers right now, I would trade McCarthy for Harbaugh. Each signed baloney extensions they never should have signed that they're better than. Each are now signed through 2019 but don't have much say at all in personnel and clearly seem to be, I won't say not wanted, but not empowered. Harbaugh would go back to the Midwest where he's from. I think his dad lives in like the Marquette area. He's a Midwest guy. He would get a quarterback, and they would get their CEO sort of special teams, defensive-minded coach, which they think they need. And Baltimore would finally get an offensive coach, which they've never had because Billick turned out not even to be an offensive coach. He was just the CEO. So they would get a new guy to help them pick their new quarterback of the future, and he'd have to roll with Flacco for one year. McCarthy, who's from Pittsburgh, gets back to the East Coast and both get big-time contract extensions, four-year extensions at eight, nine a year, which is what, they're, what they deserve. I mean, I know it'll never happen. But tell me why it shouldn't happen. Who, who, who do you like better? For, first of all, first of all, before before you answer that question, um, one, I am going to Eric, conductor producer, do not let me forget to write that clickbait column, springboarding off this idea. I think that's a great. Like, I mean, like that's an interesting hypothetical that you're right. It They're won't both have... in the exact same situations. Baltimore yeah. hasn't reshuffled its personnel department yet but the owner's thinking about it. But I still don't think that Harbaugh comes out of that reshuffling, even if it happens, with any more power than McCarthy has in the reshuffling there, which is he's got none. And, and, Ball and, and, and Murphy are the checks and balances on anything that happens from a financial standpoint in that building. Here's, here's, the, here's the wording, the actual wording for the press release. You're right. This is exactly what happened. It is. It's buried a little bit down there. And it's like, quote from Murphy. It's like, it's like oh, they – they actually added the pronunciation in here. Guta Kunst. Guta Kunst. Kunst. Sounds like something I'd order in a French restaurant. Yeah, sounds like a probably uh, a German restaurant, I would think. More so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I would. Uh, and it's definitely got. It definitely has like kebab and uh, brown mustard. 
and kraut and brown mustard and sauerkraut are involved in in making that dish. Um, Anywho, proceed. Additionally, so it's a quote from Murphy. He's like, ah, you know, Russ has been fantastic talking about Russ Ball, and he's like, additionally, Murphy announced a change in the Packers organizational structure as Gutenkunst, Ball, and head coach Mike McCarthy will all report directly to Murphy. The process of identifying our next general manager gave us an opportunity to analyze our entire football operation, said Murphy. While we've enjoyed a lot of success, we need to improve. With that in mind, the head coach, general manager, and executive vice president slash director of football ops. Oh, good to me. <laughs> While I understand this is a depart- departure from the Packers' current structure. Is, Ma- is Mark Murphy Satan? Like, <laughs> it will increase the breadth and frequency of communication and collaboration. Ultimately, it will make the Packers better. I'm with Jason on this. This reeks of something that will backfire, especially if you take personnel guys, guys who identify talent, out of the power structure, put the money guys in there, and if Murphy's interested in listening more to Russ Ball and not Mike McCarthy and Gutekunst, then all of a sudden this could backfire. Is Jason, is there any way that this is why Elliot Wolf didn't end up getting the job? I just don't think Elliot was going to get the job because they didn't, you know, frankly, they think there's other people who are more prepared for it, more experienced, and, and just, I don't want to say better, but a better a better fit in this instance. I thought all along that Elliot Wolf ends up in Oakland or Cleveland. And I'd be shocked if he doesn't. He won't be back there. I mean, you can't go back there at this point. It would be a career killer. I mean, if you are, if you want to be upwardly mobile. I mean, he basically was left without a seat at the table there, other than assuming a seat he already had. Um, so, yeah, I think, I, think Elliot, I think Elliot will move on. Um. But it, it's weird that basically they've adopted the paradigm of like the flawed Chicago Bears paradigm. Yeah. Where you've got Cliff Stein and then the GM of the moment and the coach du jour all reporting to Ted Phillips, who not a football guy. Now, Mark Murphy played the game. Mark Murphy's a football guy, but he's, a, he's become a team president. He's become a guy who runs the business side and reports to the, the board of directors and who, frankly, is is more of a money side guy than a stone cold evaluator who's out on the road all the time. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that develops. But again, if, if, if the I don't I, I, and even like Ron, these guys, these these coaches who are legitimate coaches who would be hireable in a minute, like even Rivera, I understand why the Panthers locked him up. I don't understand why, if I'm Frank Bauer and I'm representing him, that I signed that deal. Like, if a new owner wants to come in and blow me out after the draft or whatever, great. I'll enjoy my family for nine months. I'll come back out, and somebody will give me a five-year, you know, $45 million contract. Well, and, and like, Rivera, I, I made this analogy yesterday locally when asked about his extension. I mean, Rivera, and I'm not calling Ron Rivera a doorknob, but if you buy a $2.5 billion house and there's a $15 million doorknob that you don't like, you're just going to get rid of the doorknob, right? I mean, like. Oh yeah, I mean it, it makes it a little harder to do it, but it's it's by no means impossible, and it basically probably you know base look, he was going to be there in all likelihood in 2018 anyway, so yeah, I don't I don't know that it it effectively changes a lot, but I, I look it's, a, it's smart of Marty Herney to do that, and we'll have to see if Marty stays or goes, and if it's if somebody gets the team like. You know, this guy, Tepper, who's one of the minority owners of the Steelers and a, a well-connected billionaire, I would think he would talk to the Roonies and understand what he has there. And even though he spent a lot of money, maybe not come in and just blow it up for the sake of blowing it up. But a lot of these dudes, if they're cutting a check for $2.2 billion or whatever, 
they're just going to automatically assume I want my own people, you know, not maybe not from day one, but as close to day one as possible. What do we make of the, I believe I should have asked Eric, the conductor, to prepare a soundbite because I think on the last podcast we were talking about Matt Nagy and um, your quote was, how are you going to go into the interview and talk about pissing down your leg? In the well, I, I, who said that? I said that. I said it. I think Jason did. And, and look, did. don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with you at all. Like Kareem Hunt didn't get the ball in the playoff game. How does he explain that? And how do Bears fans, do you think, react? And what do you think of the hire, Jason? Look, it, Ryan Pace wanted a, a malleable guy. The way that was described to me is it was a personality contest. Like I had reported, a lot of people had reported it's going to be a young, offensive-minded guy with not a lot of experience, not a lot of pushback, the opposite of John Fox. I'd heard Filippo and Nagy throughout the whole thing. Um, he interviews the guy like 12 hours after the worst, co- well, I can't say the worst collapse. You've got the, you know, the Houston Oilers, Frank Wright game, but you know, whatever. One of the worst collapses. Hires him right out of the interview. Like literally hires him less than a day after the interview. So I was told, look, whichever these two seem most malleable, most willing to, to do what the front office wanted, most willing to, you know, hey, if they want to tell him run the ball more, yeah, you better run the ball more, then that's who was going to get it. Now, We'll see how it plays out. And, and maybe the way it's been described to me isn't a thousand percent accurate, but it does dovetail with a lot of my reporting, which was Ryan Pace. If go back and watch his press conference, he's feeling his oats, man. He got a two year extension for no good reason. He made it clear, I'm hiring this guy. Yeah, I'll listen to ownership, but I'm hiring him. I'm going to include the 22 year old quarterback in it if I want to, to see who he likes the most. And oh, yeah, I'm not giving up the 53 over my dead body. Pry it from my hands like Charleston Heston and his gun collection. So. Yeah, he wasn't going to hire – like, it wasn't going to be a fit with Josh McDaniels. It wasn't going to be a fit with even Shermer. Anybody who, you know, comes in there having done it before with a semblance of this is how I do things, that that's, that wasn't going to be a fit. How, how could Bears how fans be out. happy with this, Jason? Like, if you're a Bears fan and you're listening to that, like, maybe Matt Nagy turns out to be a great coach. But how yeah, could but you maybe, – Maybe he does. Maybe he does, but... Well, who the hell is Ryan Pace, though, to pull a power play like that? I, why? Well, that, it, don't put it, don't play Ryan Pace, Blaine. Like I said, take it to Ted Phillips and the owners, who they've been horrible there forever, and they never get it right. I mean, these are the people who put Tressman over Bruce Arians. It's not Ryan Pace. They just... He's a, he's a symptom of the environment. If you keep propping him up, and he's 14-34, and 34 too. He's got the same record as John Fox. He finished last place three years in a row, too. Great. He's got two years left in his deal, and you're going to give him two more? Well, you get this is what happens. So I don't. I mean, I'm not condoning it, and and maybe look, I'm not saying it's a bad hire. Nobody knows. You never know. This is an utter crapshoot. But I talk to people in ownership groups. I talk to GMs. You talk to other coaches. You talk to other coaching agents. A lot of people thought that the way that game ended, given how young he is and that he's got another year of seasoning would be a disqualifier for a lot of people. Turned uh, out, was, didn't matter to the Bears. I was talking to someone in Chicago last night who was pretty, pretty locked in with the team who was saying that Nagy's going to be – why they liked him is because he's the CEO type and he's going to oversee everybody. And my response to that is, like, that's great. Like, head coach can be a CEO and oversee the whole thing. But if I'm Ryan Pace and I'm Bears ownership and I'm hiring Matt Nagy to be my head coach, I sure as hell want him – you know, fostering the development of Mitchell Trubisky. If they like, wanted a CEO, if they wanted a CEO type or like a grizzled leader of men, 
you should have just hired Vic Fangio and gone out and let him hire the best offensive coordinator he can get, and at least you still know you have a top-10 defense, and that's going to be the biggest protection for Mitch Trubisky ever. I mean, no, they hired him. Not He's not a CEO type. They hired him to run Andy Reid's. Andy Reid implemented RPOs out the wazoo this year. Andy Reid, for better or for worse, and at the end of the year it was for worse, and for six games in the middle of the season it was for worse, but in September and December it was for better, ran a glorified college spread offense. And look at it, it was going to be deflipped. They did the same thing in Philadelphia for Wentz. And that's what they want for Trubisky. The problem is, either one of them ain't Andy Reid. And... I get the sense that the guy the Eagles don't want to lose is Frank Reich. I think the DiFilippo hype, I think the Eagles are quietly behind a lot of it because if things do go south next year and Peterson, whatever, they don't meet their Super Bowl expectations, I think privately they'd really like to keep Jim Schwartz and make him the next head coach and keep Frank Reich. I mean, like, if if DiFilippo, if Steve Wilkes gets a job and the Eagles allow DiFilippo to leave, to be his offensive coordinator, it'll tell you all you really need to know about what they're thinking. Now, maybe especially, that's especially especially if it's the Giants. Especially if it's the Giants. De Filippo, De Filippo is definitely very high on Wilkes' list. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying Wilkes is definitely getting a job. I'm not saying the Eagles would let De Filippo go even if Wilkes got a job and asked for him. But if all that happens, then I would say, hmm, I wonder where the you know because Frank Reich hasn't got an interview. He hasn't got a sniff, and he's got more, you know, more in-game experience than DiFilippo. Why, 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 why would Filippo is the quarterbacks coach? Frank Reich's yeah. offensive coordinator. Why, why yeah. is Filippo DiFilippo jumping Reich in the? Is that a? I don't know. There was sort of this hype train about him. There was this, you know, he he was people putting the media pushing him as an it guy, and he got multiple interviews, and Reich, no one asked. No one put in a request for Reich, which I think privately in his heart of hearts is is Howie Roseman's probably okay with that. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but and Schwartz has only got one. I mean, Schwartz is only talking to the Cardinals, and maybe he gets that job, and maybe the New York thing goes off the, the rails with the first six guys they're talking to, and they open it back up and double back to guys like Schwartz and Munchak. But you know, that's not guaranteed. I so, think, I would guess if I was guessing why. That it's a very simple answer that Frank Reich is age 56. And yeah. 39 and teams with they're the. Trying to, yes. They're trying, trying to sell their, their McVay, which trying, is baloney because McVay is a bleeping unicorn. McVay, there's not a Sean McVay on every good team staff. I got news for you. There, there's not. He's like a generational guy. Filippo, how many teams has Filippo worked for? Uh, Four or five? No, right? I, I mean, he was in Oakland. He was in Cleveland. I mean, he like he's the, he's the OC in Cleveland. I mean, usually now there's exceptions, but usually if you're that like transcendent, you're either a coach is keeping you and bringing him with you wherever he goes because you're his guy and he always wants you to be his guy, or the team that you're with in the first place when they blow out the other coaches, they keep you around anyway. You know what I mean? Because it's like this guy's a rock star. Yeah, and if you look at DiFilippo's history, he was the Raiders quarterbacks coach in 07-08, Jets quarterback coach in 09. Goes with back, Jamarcus? With Jamarcus? Yeah, but then goes back to college and coaches at San Jose, San Jose State before coming back to the Raiders, then the Browns, then the Eagles. That's a, that is a weird career path for a guy who's that white hot. And look, you're right. With McVay, he's a unicorn. It's hard to go out there and find somebody like McVay in the open market. If you were hunting for love, 
like these teams are hunting for, for coaches, you wouldn't just expect to find somebody, would you, Nick? No, you wouldn't, because honestly, what you got to do, it, it's too bad there's not an e-harmony for NFL coaches, in which case everybody would get it right. Because, look, you know, everyone on this podcast is married, except for yours truly. So I'm the one that can really speak to this. And, look, you do online dating like I do. You know what you run into. You get the lazy messages with the matches. You get these weird random matches because you do what I do, and you swipe right a million times. You swipe on everybody, and you sort the chaos out after the fact. It's random. And a lot of the times it really doesn't go anywhere. And you really you can't get to know someone just by looking at their picture. But the benefit of experience, I say that at age 34, someone who's used online dating for a while. So eHarmony is the best online dating site out there, period, end of story. And I'm going to tell you why, because I have actually used it. eHarmony has the, the algorithm that they use. They give you a quiz before you start. So it's not like you just write your profile, right, where you're able to sort of gloss over some things or not be completely honest. You're portraying an image of yourself that you want people to see that might not actually be accurate. eHarmony forces you to dig deeper and put who you actually are out there so you can find a real compatible match. It's not a shallow hookup site. If you want a lasting, meaningful relationship, eHarmony is the place for you. And right now, our listeners can get a free month with eHarmony. Think about what you can do with a month. You can get a free month when you sign up for a three-month subscription. All you've got to do is enter our code PICK at checkout. Again, that's code PICK. So stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps. Trust me, I know. But when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's only one app and site built to bring you real love. It's eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started and enter our code PICK at checkout. Can we can we do something? I have two ideas here for like, you know, I always have these little ideas for experiments. The answer is yes. I'll do I'll do You're it. on there. Can we pick can we pick someone for you to date? No. Like me, Brinson, and um how does it happen? You'd have to give us like access to your account and we could swipe through would, and we could pick no, a date for you? No, my time is too valuable to have you clowns pick pick a girl for me to go out with. No, we would I, we would do it in good conscience. We would we would like no. try to be junior matchmakers. What do you think, Brinson? I'm down with that. Cuz cuz I cuz I have a physical type that like I gravitate towards and like you go well, you're going to well, you're going to have to branch out a little bit. What's one date? It could change your life, bro. No, 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 no. Like, we're not going to we're not going to submarine you. I think that we should just No. Get, I think we're not we're here to torpedo you. We want this to work. Right. Okay. So we want to keep these guys as a sponsor forever. If we find the love of your life and help you do that through their algorithm, what could be better than that? That's the best kind of synergy ever. Additionally, the Pick Six podcast has announced that all of Nick's eHarmony and future dating references will go through our CEO, Jason Lockenfora, and must be approved by Money Man Wilbrinson as well as uh, and Pete Prisco. My like other it. idea is let's <laughs> count up for Prisco. <laughs> It's already funny. See what kind of results we get. And or you change your profile picture to Prisco, and we see how that changes the demographic. Oh, well, look, as you know, women are very attracted to Oompa Loompas in the year of our Lord 2018. (laughs) What if we we sign up Pete for for like FarmersOnly.com or something? Brendan, were you supposed to talk about the competition? I don't know if we're supposed to. I don't to. think Farmers Only and eHarmony are necessarily going head-to-head, right? Like Farmers, think, yeah, okay. farmers Only might be its own niche onto it's itself. Specific demographic. In fact, it's only farmers. If you are not a farmer, you cannot sign up for Farmers Only. Why don't we put – In my life, I offend several farmers. Here, then I think we should put – I think we should put, give Nick – I think we should put Nick on Farmers Only. Uh, next, that next, might be what you need. That's expand your demographic. I, there, I, I, am, I am probably the farthest thing from a farmer. 
I would be and it's not an insult to farmers. I'm just, I just I did not know nothing about it. I would be extremely interested to see like what the difference is in um, uh, hits or whatever you call it uh, that you would bro, get. Bro, I, I dominate. No, 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 no. I'm talking about on farmers only, like in Fort Lauderdale. Did versus... you just say I dominate? It's true. What do you mean you dominate on eHarmony? You know, I don't think we have a ton of time left, and I don't really want to get into the specifics here. I think it's fairly obvious what, what, what uh, I'm talking about. Dude, we don't have. What a... is the bet? Because we need to pick a date. So what are we betting? Because I, we we need to be able to pick a date, and then you have to come on and tell us about the date. All right, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out for the next one. How about that? But 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 I am in I am in for it. I'm not I am not welching off. I am I am in for it. Okay, well, okay. We're we'll have, do that. We'll have a few more minutes left before we talk to Brett Favre. Um, so let's let's hit some things really quick. Jason, what's the word in Oakland in terms of guys that John Gruden is bringing in? Is this staff going to end up being? It looks loaded early, right? I mean, I I, I, I mean, look, I never know how these things are going to work out. Loaded, not loaded. Um, how are they going to all work together? I, I don't know, but yeah, it's it's as I reported on uh, Friday. It's, it's Greg Olson is the offensive coordinator, Paul Gunther is the defensive coordinator, Rick Basacci is the special teams coordinator. They're still working on position coaches. They're still figuring out who's going to take that EVP role in personnel. Um, Reggie Reggie McKenzie will stay as the general manager. I continue to think Elliot Wolf could end up there in some capacity. Um, you know, Gruden's had a little bit of trouble with uh, offensive line and defensive line coaches getting some of the guys he wants, guys he's had before who are currently under contract to teams, and in some cases they're not inclined to let those guys leave for lateral moves. Uh, but I mean, it, I think it, look, I think it's great for the business of the NFL. We broadcast AFC football games. The AFC and the NFL in general is much more exciting when the when the Raiders are vibrant and robust and interesting. And who doesn't want to tune into these games? Whether this thing turns out to be a massive success or in some, to some degree a failure, it is absolutely interesting. It's an interesting sociological experiment. Anytime one of these coaches who were, you know, very successful in the past comes back after a long layoff. And, uh, you know, he's got – it's not like the cupboard's bare. The one thing you heard about Gruden all through the years from people who worked with him is – as long as you keep him out of person, as long as he's not picking the skill guys, you can be all right. If you give him skill guys to coach, he'll coach the hell out of them. But you don't want him picking, you know, running backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks all the time. Well, you know, he inherits a pretty decent cast there. I'm calling it right now. Just like this year, they were my Rams and my Saints. Next year, they are my Oakland Raiders. And I'm, call, I'm, I'm calling it right now. What is it, January 9th of 2018? The Oakland Raiders will win the AFC West next season. Nine, nine wins is their over-under early that I saw. The Raiders will win ten games next year at minimum. Okay, good. See, I, see, I like the someone who is going to um, idiotically back the Chargers again next year. I'm thrilled for the Raiders hype. People will be picking the Raiders. I will back the Chargers again. And you can't, no, no, you're good. I don't want anyone else on the Raiders bandwagon with me. It's my bandwagon. I, I hate to break it to you. This Dude, come on. I, I, yeah, I got news for you, but that's, it, like I just said, it's going to be a national story. Like, they're not sneaking yeah, yeah, up but, on anybody. Yeah, but don't They've you, got a don't quarterback think... who makes $25 million a year. They've got a really good wide receiver who was wasted this year, but, you know, for a reason. They've got Khalil Mack, who people have talked about as a defensive MVP. Like, you're, you're not exactly like, you know, discovering gold in a, like with one of those metal detectors at Atlantic City Beach. I mean, If you ask people, if you ask most people, do you think that the Gruden hire will or won't work out? I think the vast majority are saying that it will not work out. No way. 
What really? I don't get that impression everyone's at all. Crushing, everyone's crushing it on Twitter. A Twitter? Who's you, everyone? Who's yeah. everyone on Twitter? Uh, he had a losing record with Tampa Bay. The contract's too much. Dude, he had Cadillac Williams, freaking Chris Sims, and Dude, I, I don't remember Gruden. who the I'm receivers with, I'm, were. I'm with you. I think they're going to win 10 games next year. I think they're winning the division next year. I oh, think, and, well, how much time we have left? I Another agree. minute or two? Oh, uh, yeah, about two minutes. I think so Pete, can I, I, I want to ask a question real quick here before we go. I asked it earlier. We didn't get to talk about it, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Just curious what you guys think. Off the McCarthy-Harbaugh thing, which is really interesting, who would you guys rather have in a vacuum as the head coach of your team, Mike McCarthy or John Harbaugh? John Harbaugh. I would say Harbaugh, too, but I think for those teams, given that the fans don't appreciate what they have there and they've both, bizarrely to me, worn out their welcome, I think they're what the other needs. I think, like – Aaron Rodgers doesn't necessarily need a Mike McCarthy, but they need a John Harbaugh to coach the rest of that team and to get the rest, help mold the rest of that roster up to snuff and make sure they have airtight special teams and have a special eye to detail on defense as well. And I, think this, I can tell you, people are not watching Ravens football anymore. Like, they're literally 30,000 people, 20,000 people are not going to games. I live in Baltimore because they're, they're sick of Marty Morningweg and the kind of atrocious offense that's been run here. McCarthy would come here, instantly be a rock star. They pick their coach, I mean, pick their quarterback, maybe even Mayfield with the 16th pick if he's there. You're stuck with Flacco for one more year, and, and you know, you, you've got some belief that there actually might be offensive football that somebody in America would want to pay to watch. The, the thing is, I think, all right, Nick, would you take McCarthy, if you had to pick your coach, would you take McCarthy with the Ravens? Or would you take Harbaugh with the Packers? I mean, I would take Harbaugh with the Packers because the Packers have Ar- because the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. But in a not, vacuum, right, I'd rather but, have Mike McCarthy. But then you're not picking a coach; you're picking quarterback. I mean, like, yeah, well, I mean, but that's yeah, but I mean that that's a scenario that you asked. Would I rather have the Packers or the Ravens? I think the Packers because the Packers. I would rather have you coaching the Packers because the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. I could be a pretty good. Uh, Pete Prisco definitely thinks he could be the Ravens. Or the, no, you no no. You could not be an NFL coach, Will, because you lose to me and Madden by fifty points every time we play. I mean, I just wouldn't do anything on offense. I'd be like Aaron Rodgers, go do what you want. Don't worry about me. I'd hire some. I'd Why ha- would Madden be an indication of whether or not somebody can coach? Isn't that sorry, Jason? You're too old. How good of a player you are? Yeah. You're too old. You wouldn't understand. Sorry. Nick, Nick runs like a gimmicky, like Big Twelve offense. It's it's a joke. Um, you we can't should, stop. We should play again sometime soon. I would love to. All right. See you this afternoon. Um, seriously, we should play this afternoon. Okay. We'll talk. Okay. Uh, we got to go talk to Brett Favre. So that means I'm going to say bye to you guys. Is there anything else in the news that we had to hit that we, we missed anything? Not really, right? I don't even know what we talked about today. If we're perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't know. We talked about my hypothetical trade that will never happen. But I do think it should happen. Which, huh? by the way. One which, for which, one. Which, straight which, up. One for one. Straight up. I like it. Right. It's going to end up getting me some clicks. So good job, good job by you. I mean, I did include it like in a, as like just for s's and giggles in a column, but you you could do much more with it. It was like the 18th note in a column. I'll, I'll, find, it. I'll find it in the thing and I'll link back to yeah, it. Yeah, you can blow it up. Yeah, by the way, Prisco with an awesome email response back to our chain, which you guys can check out. And, and I'll leave you on that note. Since not cleaning up the dog bleed, like yeah. Definitely. All right, later, guys. All right, guys. All right, guys. Have a good one. Let's go Peace. talk to that far. All right, joining us on the show now, Hall of Fame quarterback, former Packers legend, also played for the Vikings and the Jets briefly. It was fantastic there, too. Brett Favre, how you doing, Brett? I'm doing great, man. Thank you. Uh, I, I asked you first because it, it had just happened. Did you stay up and watch the, uh, the, the national championship game between Alabama and Clemson? 
I mean, Alabama and, and Georgia, excuse me. I didn't, I stayed up too late. Yeah. I know. I got you. I got you. Um, uh, yeah, it was, what a great game. What a great game. You know, you, um, awesome for Alabama. What a, what a tough loss for Georgia, but they, they got a lot to be proud of, proud of, but it was, you know, it, it lived up to the billing. And I don't know if anything can beat Georgia and, and Oklahoma last week, but that was, that was a great game last night. Yeah, it was incredible. I, the thing that stunned me, and um, my colleague and buddy Pete Prisco tweeted about it. I don't know if you know Pete, and if you do, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, Pete tweeted that he was surprised that Jalen Hurts was smiling in his post-game interview. Would you, would you be smiling if you got benched and your team won the national title game? I mean, what, how do you, how do you, you have to, you have to, right? Like you won the title. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I give the guy a lot of credit. I don't know him. <clears throat> that what a tough situation. I don't, you know, uh, to to lead that team um, the way he has, and what twenty five and two or something, um, you know, and to be to be benched in, in that situation, and you know. But he handled it about as classy as you could possibly handle it. And that, that's the way I looked at that post-game interview. Just a tremendous amount of class in, in one of the most adverse situations you could possibly, you know, uh, just what a tough situation. But he handled it extremely classy. Yeah. I mean, it says a lot about his maturity. I'm not, I'm not going to sit yeah. here and tell you that I'm that mature and I'm – 36 and uh, I don't I'm, know if any of us could, could handle it as well as he did. Uh, so good things will, will happen for that kid. I can tell you that. No doubt about it. Um, curious to get your thoughts on, on, on Green Bay because the Packers have had a lot of success. You know, they missed the playoffs this year mainly because Aaron Rodgers suffered the collarbone injury and then they decided to do something odd and odd and, and sort of shake up the front office. Ted Thompson transitioned out of his role, and then you have this 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 change in the way everybody's reporting to Mark Murphy. Were you surprised to see Ted Thompson shifted out? And do you think the Packers can keep the same trajectory that they've had the last few years while making this change in the front office? Well, you know, I'm, um, in spite of what people may think, I'm not I, I'm not involved in the day to day operations. I did Green Bay, um, I, but I, I am aware of the, the most recent changes. I'm not really uh, privy to what has gone on. I am surprised. I think Ted Thompson has done a a, a fantastic job there, um, in my opinion. And uh, Ted and I actually, people don't know this, but we went back way, way back to when I first, when I was a rookie or my first year in Green Bay. He was a scout. Uh, for Packers and um, I back my my beer drinking days we used to get there was a little bar across the street from from Lambeau and we'd have a beer or two and and shoot the bull uh, and there was a, a John Dorsey and several other guys that we used to always hang out and I really liked it and I thought um, yeah you know the, my departure there was was well documented and and you know there was a lot of bad blood and whatever you want to call it. But I honestly, I think Ted Thompson has done a great job there. I don't know why he stepped down. Uh, I, you know, none of my business, but I was surprised by that. Uh, I think he's, again, has done a fantastic job. As far as where they, 
you know, where they will go from here. Obviously, having Aaron Rodgers and having him healthy makes all the difference in the world. And if you have him and you have him healthy, you got a shot to win. So that won't that won't change as long as they have him. Um, I was a little bit surprised that Elliot Wolf didn't get the job. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, and still think that, uh, you know, he – I mean, I'm surprised he doesn't have a job as a GM somewhere, somehow. I, I, it's a little bit shocking to me. Um, so, but again, I'm not, I'm not there. I, it, it's, it's, you know, I don't expect him to call me and ask my opinion or anything like that, but, um, but I, I, that the only thing that was real surprising about the whole thing was that Elliot Wolf didn't get the job. If you're, if you are Elliot and you know, I, clearly you have the, the name brand, you know, because his, his dad, Ron, and who, did a fantastic job as the GM of the Packers there for a long time. Yeah. Um, if you're Elliot, is it tough to stay in Green Bay? Do you sort of have to go somewhere else and maybe um, attempt to find a GM job elsewhere? You know, look the 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 brand. You know, the Ron Wolf uh, executive tree is pretty wide. You got Reggie McKenzie in Oakland. You have, <laughs> it is. You got John Dorsey in Cleveland. Oh, no, I know. You got John Schneider. You got John Dorsey. Uh, 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 I, I think oh, uh, Scott John. McLuhan. Um, I yeah. mean, come on. So, I mean, you, know? you think Elliot, do you think he, if you were advising him, what would you say? Would you say you stick around in Green Bay because that's where you made it? Or do you say maybe go check out somewhere else and see if there's more upward mobility? Because the way that it looks like, and I don't know if you saw it, they kind of snuck it in the release, but it's now M- Coach McCarthy, um, Russ Ball, and uh, and the GM Brian, they're all, they're all reporting to, directly to Mark Murphy. So it sort of makes for a tough ceiling for Elliot there. You know, uh, not that anyone would listen to me if I was advising, but I mean, don't we all think that he should probably move on? Yeah. I mean, really, um, there's for whatever reason he didn't get that job, and I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I would think that he has to move on, and and you know, it's time, and. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, I, I do think that it's time for him to move on. All right. Um, I think he, I, honestly, I think he'll make a great GM. Uh, he's got his dad's uh, demeanor, personality, um, and knowledge. So, and the ones that have left uh, and become GMs from the from the Ron Wolf tree have done done pretty doggone good. No kidding. Hey, look, Schneider, Schneider's killing it in, uh, in Seattle. Dorsey is now in Cleveland, Cleveland, but he would, you know, look at the success Kansas City's had. And then Reggie McKenzie. Absolutely. Reggie McKenzie had to do the score chart. The people were ready to run him out of Oakland for a little while. And then he, you know, you get Derek Carr, Khalil Mack in the same draft. That's not bad work. Um, that's right. I, I am curious too, uh, speaking of Kansas City, Brad Childress left there. You know, we were, we were talking earlier. I was talking with Jason Lockenfor on this on the on the podcast, and, and he pointed out that you know Chile had a had a heck of a sneaky run in Minnesota. Um, were you surprised he never got another head coaching job? I, yes, I was. I, I I was, and I am surprised. Now that's not to say he wouldn't wouldn't again. I mean, if he if he chooses to pursue that, I mean, I don't know what you know his his thought process is, but. Um, very, very uh, smart, knowledgeable, football savvy guy. No, for sure. And 
2009, um, I, look, I know you came close to the Vikings. There is a rematch happening between Minnesota and New Orleans this weekend. We were talking about that game. That's one of the more underrated games in recent NFL history, just because I think the Super Bowl overshadowed a little bit. Um, do you think that this Vikings defense and what you've seen from them is, is maybe the best unit they've, that they've thrown out there in a few years? And how do you think if you were, if you were Drew Brees, would you attack that, that Vikings defense? It, it looks like it's tough to run on. It's tough to throw on. Um, I'm just curious your thoughts on, on what Minnesota's put together there defensively. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the numbers, are, um, I, I, Honestly, I haven't watched a great deal uh, of NFL football. Period. And I, I should. What I mean by that is, I've seen bits and pieces, and I don't think you can take bits and pieces uh, and and form a a valid opinion of what uh, a team is really good at. I, I, I do know that they're the the chatter is that their defense is really good. Um, I. I recently the last few weeks i've probably seen a little more of the saints mm. and they're good you know drew drew is playing like drew and that's if i'm minnesota i'm a little bit worried by that um i i you know this rookie running back they got is fantastic and they're not they're, they can do it passing but what's kind of scary is and i'm talking about the saints but what's kind of scary is they don't have to do it passing uh to win and so you know they're not one-dimensional like they they have been in the past, um, and their defense is playing well and opportunistic, um, much like the year they won it all. So, um, you know, this I think this is a great matchup. I, I will say this: it's a it's a much much better edge, not a guarantee, but playing in Minnesota will will definitely just like when we played in in New Orleans. I mean, it was a hostile loud, disruptive environment, not to mention the team we were playing was pretty doggone good. So playing in Minnesota, that's going to be an electric crowd, and, and the Saints haven't got to handle that. Now, they, you know, they're going to say, hey, we got Drew Brees, and he, you know, he's been here and, and done that before, and that's true. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. No, for sure. And, you know, just like that 09 team, the Saints, um, high in the league in rushing. And, and you're right. They haven't had to ask many times their Hall of Fame quarterback to take the top off. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a pretty good spot to be. You're working with shot on shock doc. Can you sort of fill in our listeners and about, um, it's shock, the hidden factor in the sports concussion crisis debuting Thursday, January 11th, 6 30 PM Eastern on watchstadium.com. Can you sort of give us a, a preview and insight into 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 what went into this. Yeah, you know, uh, basically it, it's it's a a short documentary. Um, I, I I am uh, will be involved in the documentary, uh, but I, it's not solely about about me. It's it's really about concussions and kind of the state of where we are uh, in the concussion world. And uh, Brock is a company that provides a shock pad under under uh artificial turf and have really interesting they they have done so much uh testing and uh acquired all this information that has uh w well one thing that they didn't uh provide but it's true 
one in five concussions happen when your head hits the turf. And, um, and, and I can, I can speak volumes on that. And I think most players could, could relate to that and say, yeah, you know, head to head, I should have gotten a concussion there, but it was actually when I hit the turf. And so, um, this, this company, uh, really, uh, I, I think a lot of them, I have three grandsons. And so people you know, may wonder why, you know, a retired player would, would be so adamant about, um, you know, concussions and making, making the environment safer. I don't know if they'll play football. They're eight, three and, and, uh, several months old. And I, you know, I know what little bit I know now, which is not a great deal, but it's, it's more than, than when I play concussions are not good. And definitely not for a youth um and so there is something out there that can make the environment safer and aside from helmets and and that is the the surface in which i think you have to look at the surface as an equal if not more important than the equipment you wear interesting and and that's that's you know it that hasn't been the case and so this talks about concussions. It talks about the surface. It talks about um, the science behind it and the studies that have been uh, have been made in the, in the last few years. And it also gives you kind of some 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 in your face facts and and stories that are uh, that are going to probably put a little bit of fear in people's uh, minds. But you know that's probably a good thing because. Concussions are very serious, and they're not going away. No doubt about it. I'd be curious, Brett, would you – you said you have three grandsons and, and under the age of 10. Would you tell them to play football? Would you tell them not to play football? Would you say it's your choice? What, I'm not going to encourage – honestly, I'm not going to encourage um, them to play. I'm not going to discourage. But I, I say this to everyone who will listen. If – my grandsons would say, and they call me Pawpaw. If they if they were to say, Pawpaw, would you be my caddy in golf? I think I'm gonna do golf instead of football. I would be much more happy, satisfied, excited by that than them playing football because they're, I, every tackle I would be cringing, hoping that they get up and not shaking their head and saying they got a headache or. But but the likelihood of that happening by playing football is very high. Um, so I'd much rather rather them choose a safer route. Well, golf golf is a lot safer than uh, than football. I'm sure. I right, I'll get you. We'll get you out of here on this. I'd be curious to know how do you think John Gruden is going to fare in Oakland coming back from football? He was in he was at ESPN longer than he was at Tampa Bay. How's he going to do in his return to coaching? Well, I'll tell you, John, John and I are good friends. Um, I thank the world of him. He got his coaching start there in Green Bay, uh, when I was, right. you know, in my first year. We, we kind of came through the ranks the first three or four years together. And I thank the world of him. I think he's a hell of a coach. Um, and I was asked this question when he inked his deal the other night, uh, by several people. Man, is he worth that? And I said, who is worth that? What players <laughs> worth what they, what they get paid? What coaches worth what they get paid? Um, you know, but 
you can't fault him. You can't fault a player for becoming the highest paid player in, in any sport. Um, you know, my thought is he's a great coach. If anyone can do it, he can. Um, but the expectations sometimes are almost so high, and I said this in the latter part of my career, that they're almost unreachable. You know, the more the better you play, the more consistent you play, the more the more you coach, the more you win, uh, and, and you, the more you do it consistently, the harder it becomes to top what you did previous to that. And so I think everyone's going to expect what I don't know if is reachable year in and year out, and that's Super Bowl or, you know, I mean, and, and it's not a knock against John. It's not a knock against Tom Brady or, or Bill Belichick, and they, those guys have done it at, at the highest level as good as anyone. But, you know, it's just hard to reach those expectations. But it is what it is, and, and if anybody's up for the challenge, I know it's John. Uh, hey, you're, look, you're right, man. You know, there's a reason why Bill Belichick has won Coach of the Year only three times. There's a reason why Coach K at Duke hadn't won a hadn't won a National Coach of the Year award since 1999. I mean, it, like the expectation. You're kidding me. No, that's true. Like he hadn't won an ACC Coach of the Year since 2000. Like, the, the, isn't that insane? It's almost it's 18 years. No, that's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You should right. get it every year. I know, and it's like Belichick, you could give it to him every year, but the problem is absolutely the level of success, sustained success is so high, and when you pay somebody $100 million bucks, ten, you know, over a 10-year deal, you're paying him $10 million bucks, making him the highest-paid coach, the Raiders fans aren't going to want 8-8 eight and eight or 10-6 or and six in that line. But, it's very, but they expect the Super Bowl next year, right? I mean, absolutely. If, if they don't go to the Super Bowl and win it, then, then John Gruden's a bad coach. Yeah, I mean, like, he's not going to be on the hot seat because he's got ten years fully guaranteed. But there's, I mean, like, there will be there will be ample chatter. You you know how it works in the NFL. It's yeah. a fine line, and people get heated quickly. That's right. That's right. All right, Brett. Hey, thanks again for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, sorry for taking up so much of your time, but uh, really no, interesting. That's all right. Enjoy chatting. Absolutely, and uh, people check out shock doc dot com. Can watch it Thursday, January eleventh, six thirty p.m. Eastern. On the new multi-platform sports network, WatchStadium.com. Thanks again, Brett. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one.